Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Executive Minister Matt Mazza. At Greenville Oaks, we believe that life with Jesus is truly abundant. We are committed to showing people the grace of God, inspiring them to follow Jesus, and empowering them to live according to His teachings. Because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. We need you. And you need the church. We We need you. And you need the church. We need you. And you need the church. I'm all in. We're all in. I'm all in. We're all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Are you all in? 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 All right. The question we'll continue to ask, are you all in? That's what we're asking uh, over the last couple of weeks, and we'll be asking today and next Sunday as we conclude the series, I'm All In, in which we are challenging all of us uh, to truly go all in on the mission and the vision that God has laid before the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ here in Collin County and beyond. Uh, We are in week three. And uh, this week, we're actually going to cover two values of our five values. The first week uh, was love first, and uh, it was an opportunity to, to really um, grow in an understanding of the challenge and the reality of loving the people that are hard to love. And last week was equip families, the opportunity for all of us to recognize our place in the family, uh, both the nuclear family as well as our church family, and the opportunity we have to walk with one another. This week, I'm excited to share with us, uh, with our panel guests, uh, two very important values, combating isolation and demonstrating selflessness, two incredibly important topics, not only within our church because of the values that they represent within our mission and vision, but culturally in our society, in our world today, uh, we have maybe never felt more isolated, more disconnected, um, and more helpless than we feel right now as we continue to navigate not only the pandemic, but just the challenges of our world. And in speaking of that, one of the things that we're going to take just a moment this morning before we get into our series and, and pause, and hopefully if you've uh, paid much attention to the news um, over the last uh, several days, uh, then you have uh, seen and become aware of the, the growing unrest and crisis in Afghanistan. And not only the Afghan people, but also Americans who are being terrorized, um, who are being abused, and who are being threatened and unfortunately even killed uh, due to the crisis, uh, the unrest of the the war and the government and the challenges there. And so what can we do? Well, you're going to hear a little bit more about what we might can do a little bit later on. But this morning, right now, I'm going to ask Rex Taylor, one of our shepherds, uh, to come and take just a moment, because above all else, we can always lift before our God who says, bring anything to me. And, um, and so we're going to take just a moment and pray for that crisis and for all those who are dealing with this horrific incident in Afghanistan. Let's pray together. Father, we, uh, we just can't imagine uh, what it must be like to live in Afghanistan right now. 
I know people are fearful for their lives. Uh, their entire way of life is being upended, and uh, and I know they uh, are scared as they face uh, dark and what look like very uncertain days ahead. Father, I do thank you for all the people, uh, both U.S. citizens and Afghans, who have been able to get out of Afghanistan already. But I ask that you continue to uh, to help those, uh, everyone else who wants to get out, to to get out. Father, please uh, protect and keep everyone safe. Um, be with all the women and, and girls whose freedoms and, and rights are in severe jeopardy. Please give all the Christians in Afghanistan just an incredible sense of your peace and safety. Please protect them uh, from any harm and, and provide the resources that they need. Father, I ask that you empower them uh, with a boldness uh, to be true to their faith in you and strengthen and, and grow those churches there that, that must function underground. Father, uh, I ask that you please work in these uh, horrible circumstances uh, to reveal yourself uh, to the Taliban leaders and maybe in some miraculous way to touch their hearts so that they will end uh, the many uh, horrific evils that uh, the we keep hearing about. Father, right now the, the earthly prospects for Afghanistan look, look pretty bleak, uh, but we know you are sovereign, and we pray for, you, pray for your divine intervention and glory to prevail through all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rex. Um, Thought it was thought it was very important to uh, to, to start out our conversation um, this morning by by recognizing the reality of a very horrific, difficult situation in our world and um, social media, technology, media uh, has brought our world <laughs> much closer together, made it a much smaller uh, place, and therefore we feel more connected to that. Uh, that maybe we would have in the past. So, uh, But again, you're going to hear a little more about an opportunity for us to be a part of, of some work there. Let me introduce quickly James Brown. James is one of our elders here at Greenville Oaks. Galen Jones serves on our staff, and Rex Taylor, again, one of our shepherds. And this morning, again, the two values that we're going to be focusing on, combating isolation, demonstrating selflessness, two really, really key values as we uh, outline the, the five values of our mission and our vision. And each week we've been talking about the missional story and the, the actual mission and the vision, inspiring people to follow Jesus. And, uh, and so the reality is finding that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. That's what we want to lead people to. Because we truly believe that there is something greater than the rewards of this earth. That we find ourselves chasing after artificial success. Success that the world puts before us. And yet what we want to inspire people to do is, in following Jesus, you will fully experience that abundant life that can only be found in him. But two of the ways that we have to make sure that we are doing that by inspiring people to follow Jesus is combating isolation and demonstrating selflessness. Listen to these statistics just to give you a little bit of an idea about, uh, about what isolation is in our country today. Uh, the National Academics of Science and Engineering and Medicine Organization says uh, that a third of all adults 45 years and older say they feel 
alone. And nearly a quarter of all adults, 65 years or older, are considered to be clinically, socially isolated. According to the HRSA Health Resource and Service Administration of the U.S. government, loneliness, the actual physical aspects of feeling alone, uh, have become more dangerous to the human mind and body than the health issue of obesity and smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And the U.S. government spends approximately $6.7 billion, with a B, billion dollars annually trying to address the social isolation issues among adults in this country. Just think about that for just a minute. According to the National Institute of Healthcare Management, poor social relationships are associated with 29% of coronary heart disease and 32% increased risk of stroke all directly related to poor social relationships. The, uh, the APA, American Psychological Association, said a quarter, uh, 28%, more than a quarter of adults, now live alone. And in 2018 is when that study came out, and that was the highest number ever in the history of those records. And this is not just something that happens out in our country. This is something that we deal with in Collin County. Uh, recently, the city of McKinney was given a grant for $450,000 to be given to a uh, collective group of six nonprofits called Beyond Blue. And Beyond Blue was an initiative put together by the city of McKinney and these nonprofits to address the social chronic issues of isolation, the mental, emotional, and physical issues that come along with that in helping people who are under-resourced and don't have the ability to access proper mental, emotional, and physical health care uh, to get those services. And so this is something we are dealing with in our own country, as, as uh, in our own county as well, in dealing with isolation. So what do you guys think about those stats? When you, when you hear me kind of rattling them off, I mean, what does it, what does it stir up in you? What does it, what does it strike in you to hear some of those thoughts about isolation? This is a big problem. It's a big problem when your federal government decides to spend a lot of money on it. Yes, I know the federal government spends a lot of money on toilets, but, <laughs> To address and to acknowledge that isolation is a big problem mm-hmm. and to be willing to spend that amount of money on it, it, it speaks volumes. Yeah. And it really should trickle down to us and realize that even amongst us, there might be such a problem as well. Galen, why are we feeling so lonely today? What is, what is the reason for this issue in our society. Why are we feeling so wealthy? Uh, uh, Lonely. Oh, lonely. Okay. I mean, if you want to tell me why you're feeling so wealthy, that's fine too. I'd love to hear that. Uh, Why are we feeling so lonely? I I thought we switched topics real quick, but that was okay. I was trying to get on that track. Um, Yeah. Uh, you, You know, it's all about relationships and relationships are an economy. So the more relationships we have, the better we are. And, and just being around a crowd of people, which we think sometimes will help us get connected, 
doesn't work. And so we tend to connect with um, uh, cars and homes and uh, activities. Uh, at the end of the day, we're just trying to fill that relationship whole. Um, and, and we try to fill it with things that just weren't designed by God to do that. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that um, our God is a relational God. He is all about relationships. And so to, to live that out is to express our God part because we all are created in the image of God. Therefore, we want relationships. We're just lost. Right. Right. In so many ways, in so many ways. So a massive void yeah. that we often try to fill in numerous different ways. Rex, do you have a thought on what, why do you think we struggle with this so much? Well, Galen said it fundamentally we, we struggle with being lonely when we don't have close relationships. And like uh, was said last week, talking about kids, we like to ensure that our kids have five people that they have some close relationship with. Well, that applies to all of us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's all sorts of reasons we end up in places where we're lonely. Um, one, I was just uh, talking to Ron Zelke a little bit earlier, and he was remembering back to when they first moved here. And uh, nearly every Sunday we have people here who are here for the first time because they've just moved into the area. And you move across country, uh, you're in a totally new environment, uh, you don't know anybody, you don't know where to go to get groceries, doctor, anything. Uh, that can be very isolating. Mm-hmm. So that's just just maybe yeah, an example absolutely. we might not think about, but one that I see nearly every Sunday uh, when new people come visit here. So uh, in in Genesis chapter two, just these these few little words that I know you're familiar with. Uh, God said, "It's not good for man to be alone." In Ecclesiastes chapter four, it says, two are better than one." Um, so the reality is that we're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be in relationship. That's that's clear fundamentally within God's word. We see that. Um, but how do we go about combating isolation? Like, What do we need to do? It is a real issue. God speaks about the importance of not trying to do this thing called life alone. But how do we combat isolation? I think Nike said it best. Just do it. (laughs) And I don't mean just do it flippantly, but what some of you may not know about me, I prefer isolation. It's just my nature. Uh, I'm not as gregarious as some of y'all probably think I am. I am by nature an introvert. So I like not being around y'all. (laughs) <laughs> However, uh, years ago when I first became a Christian, I realized I don't think it's really that possible to bring people to Christ and be by myself all the time. I've got to put myself out there. So I, I made a conscious decision. I will behave even though I don't feel like I will behave differently than I might feel. And that's not uncommon to us. We all know that. We all behave differently at times, different than when we feel. Some of you sometimes feel sick and you still go to work. Personally, I think you should stay home. But that's that's because you have a reason for being there, right? 
I have a purpose in my heart, and that is to bring as many people to Christ as I possibly can. And so, therefore, I put myself out there hoping that I might win some. Hmm. Hmm. Galen, what is your thoughts on it? How, how do we actually go about trying to push back against this idea of isolation, combating it? Yeah, as, as uh, most of you know, I, too, am an introvert. And, um, I, so I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I, I, <laughs> I, it, it's, um, it's not about introversion or extroversion. It's about fulfilling your purpose. Mm. Um, however, for those of us that are more, uh, COVID has really, uh, dampened my, uh, at least how I'm energized because I can't be with people. Uh, when we were doing the Bible class, the virtual Bible class, um, there's just no energy because I draw energy off of the relationship. Uh, and sometimes it's exhausting. It's not, it's, it's more of a stretch for me to not be around somebody than it is for me to be around somebody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, either way, and, and we're going to touch on this, uh, part of our willingness to be stretched. If we're not being stretched, we're just not growing. Mm. And I need to practice some of the spiritual habits of silence and solitude. Um, my wife will say, sometimes I really get annoying. <laughs> um, so, uh, in fact, she, t- my daughter just started teaching and I was doing something that was annoying. And, and Tara said, you're just like one of my fifth graders. And, um, and my wife said, yes, and these were the ones that we like to miss when they miss school. So anyway, um, uh, but yeah, it's, we, we need to be stretched and practice okay. do spiritual habits. I like that. The idea of stretch. You ask, what do we do as individuals and as a, a church? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think as a church, it's, our responsibility to create opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the church needs to create uh, ways that relationships can develop. And we'll talk about yeah. some mm-hmm. of those here in a bit. But then I think as really both church and individuals, I think there's huge power if we actually double down on that first value of love first. I think if we do that, uh, that opens all sorts of doors. Uh, that that creates reconciliation. It allows relationships to grow. It, rela- it allows relationships even amongst people who, who don't think the same way. Um, and uh, <laughs> James mentioned Nike's uh, Just Do It. And uh, I think that is, uh, for us as individuals, uh, we need to take advantage of the opportunities the church provides yeah. for relationships to grow and develop. Uh, it takes effort, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily easy. Probably in some cases it may be downright hard. Uh, but Nike's slogan, those words, just do it, they're really, really simple, but they're not at all easy. Yeah. Uh, to get up early, to go run or walk or go to the gym, it takes a real intentional effort. And I think we're fooling ourselves as we think we can develop close relationships without some real intentional effort, too. Yeah, yeah. We can do hard things. Uh, easy words to say, harder to implement, but we can do hard things. Um, so, Matt, let me yeah. mention something. When, when I come to the services on Sundays, 
Most of you probably know me because I shake your hand or say hi or whatever. What you don't know is what happens afterwards. I am giving of myself because I believe God expects me to be a giver, a blessing to people. But when I leave here, I crash. I am exhausted. I, I, it's not that I, I feel terrible about what I did. It's just like exercise, as you mentioned. When you exercise, right afterwards, you're like, ugh, it's tiring. But your body gets stronger. Your mind gets stronger. Your spirit gets stronger. You get an opportunity to do something you didn't realize you were capable of. And part of that is the Holy Spirit working in you. He is doing the work that you, if you were left by yourself, could never, ever do. And so I believe that holding on and trusting God's spirit to work through me, it's enough. My, I think I mentioned a statement. My giving out of my little, or out of my less, is probably more important to God than me giving out of my abundance, out of my overflow. Hmm. Oftentimes I think we think, well, I'll just wait until I have enough. Well, you're enough, Jesus says, might be too much. I just want those loaves and fishes. The little bitty stuff that you can give, that's what I want because I know how to multiply that and make it be effective. And and uh, and you're going to see in just a minute why that's so important because you're going to see why combating isolation and demonstrating selflessness go hand in hand with one another as our values because what you're describing is this this beautiful marriage of the only way to truly be willing to combat isolation is to be willing to step outside of ourselves. Um, let me share with you quickly just a few a few ways that we as a church are trying to combat isolation um, and primarily through the idea of relationship building connection community, discipleship. You've heard us use those words over the last few weeks. And and groups have been around uh, a part of our community of faith uh, since the beginning. They were called small groups years and years ago. And um, and I want to make sure that all of you understand the significance and the importance of being a part of some type of a group, some type of a gathering experience, relationship-wise, community-wise, interaction-wise, connection-wise. You, you cannot truly engage the work of what we believe God's calling us to and sit on the back row all by yourself and never connect with people. That's not who we are. We are a church trying to push back against isolation, not only here in this place, but in our county, throughout Collin County, to say, no, we're going to walk with people. And uh, so let me make sure you're clear. Uh, We've got a couple different options for you. Connect groups have been around for several years. Many of you are a part of those groups. They they meet on a weekly basis, and it's a wonderful opportunity for you to gather with people and uh, and enjoy a meal together in some cases, to pray, to encourage, to study, uh, to love and support one another. They're incredible group opportunities, and we invite each and every one of you to be a part of a Connect group. Again, next Sunday, another little plug for group link. Make sure you show up next Sunday and go down to the Fellowship Center in between services and uh, and be a part of signing up for a Connect group. Maybe you've been a part of one forever, and maybe this is the first time you're willing to say, yeah, you know what? After all this COVID stuff, I feel kind of isolated. I feel disconnected. I don't have a lot of good relationships. I'm going to take a step up and I'm going to step out and I'm going to go do something that's kind of hard and it may even be a little tiring for me, but 
God tells us how important relationships are. He calls us to be in relationship with others. So connect groups. Another experience that I think is incredibly significant, if you haven't had a chance to be a part of it, is the Rooted experience. And Rooted is on the discipleship pathway, and you're going to hear more about that next Sunday. But Rooted is kind of that first step into the discipleship pathway of really going all in. Um, it is not just a group experience. It is something more than, than a group. It is truly a relational experience between others and yourself and you and God. And uh, it's, a, it's a 12-week experience that you'll get a chance to walk through with a small group of people. Uh, but Rooted Experience is something else you'll be able to sign up for uh, next Sunday. I promise you, you will be blessed by stepping into the Rooted Experience. It's a, it's a, um, a next level of challenge. Uh, the expectations are a little bit higher. The requirements are a little bit higher. But the payoff is, is incredible. And then there's another level on the discipleship pathway that we want to call people to. If you are ready to experience going deeper. And going deeper is just the next level up from, from the rooted experience. It is truly experiencing God. It is truly experiencing the community experience, the spiritually forming aspects of walking with people that are trying to know God in deeper and greater ways. And so going deeper is an incredible experience that we want to invite you to be a part of. And so connect groups. Rooted experience, going deeper, those are three types of group experiences that you can be a part of now as a part of our discipleship pathway. But I want to introduce a brand new um, experience that we're going to be starting in September. And I want to introduce the gathering to you. And the gathering is going to be something that we're going to start on Sunday mornings in between our two worship service times. And the gathering is incredibly important because we are, we are lowering the threshold and making it as easy as we possibly can for every single person in this church to be connected relationally, to be a part of some type of community experience, some type of interactive connection with other people in our church. We're going to call them gathering circles. And so on Sunday mornings, there's going to be gathering circles beginning September the 12th, Sunday, September the 12th, throughout our building, in classrooms and in certain areas and atriums, and we may meet in the hallways and offices. We'll find places to put our church because we want to follow the mission and the vision that God has laid before us to be a church of disciplers, to be discipled, to make disciples, to be in community with each other, to be relationally connected to one another. And there's no other way we can do this than to change the way we have been doing things. If we're truly going to go all in on this mission, this vision, we have to be willing to change the way we've been doing things. So on Sunday, starting September the 12th, gathering circles will become something that are a part of the fabric of who we are as a community of faith. And uh, you're going to see gathering circles happen in the around the coffee bar in casual ways. Maybe three or four people gather in the West Foyer, the Faith at Home Center, around a cup of coffee. And just each week, they're just they're sharing conversation, engaging in life with each other, walking with each other. Uh, you're going to see other aspects of gathering circles. And they may be meeting in classrooms. There may be 15 or so people. Um, gathered in a circle and a facilitator's got a few questions that they're guiding the group through and just conversation about life and uh, the journey of life and, and forming faith and encouraging one another 
in deeper and greater ways. And you're going to see other gathering circles in which it'll look more like a traditional Bible class, and they'll be meeting in other areas as well. There's several different ways that this is going to look, but the bottom line is this. It is an opportunity for our church to come together. When you have two services, whether you have two services that meet in one building or you have a church that has multiple campuses, one of the greatest challenges you face is giving that sense of connectedness, togetherness, if you will. And so we're going to work really hard to bring our entire church together, our first service and our second service. And this is a time that we're going to carve out for our church to be together. Now, in order to do that, we're going to have to make some adjustments to our Sunday morning format. And so again, starting Sunday, September the 12th, we are going to adjust our Sunday morning format. First service is going to begin at 845. It will no longer begin at 9. It'll begin at 845. Uh, second service will continue to begin at 1030. And so what that's going to look like is from 845 in the morning till 940 in the morning will be our first service. And starting at 945 to 1025, we will have what we call the gathering and gathering circles meeting around our building. And then at 1030 to 1125, our second service will meet. And so you're going to be hearing lots more over the next few weeks about this uh, this new gathering concept and what it means, why we're doing it, how it's so directly connected to the core of our mission and our vision. But I want you to understand there's a why. We're not just changing for the sake of change. We are changing because we are trying to follow what we believe God is calling us to, to be a church that is discipling people, that is walking with people that is engaged in relationship with one another, that is trying to influence people to follow Jesus. And we think we have to commit to doing that here in this place relationally before we can ever go out those doors and try to do it in our community. So you're going to be hearing a lot more about the gathering uh, and gathering circles in the coming weeks as we lead up to September 12th. But make a note of it. I'm excited about it. I hope you'll be willing to step in to one of these gathering circles, be a part of a relational experience here on Sunday mornings. And then we hope it's a training ground to go and do it out there in our day-to-day lives um, for the kingdom of God. So I'm excited about that. All right, let's make a switch, uh, switch to talking about the idea of demonstrating selflessness. The reality is you, you perfectly set it up, James, by, by helping us understand the fact that there's a sacrifice that goes into combating isolation. There's a sacrifice that goes into uh, developing relationships, stepping outside of yourself, stepping outside of your comfort zone. But what does that look like? One of the other values that we have said we want to try to be a church that demonstrates selflessness, that serves others, that cares for others in our workplaces, in our churches, in our communities, in our schools, that we want to care more about others than self. But that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Why is it hard? Rex? Okay. <laughs> uh, I think uh, demonstrating selflessness is uh, hugely important because our mission, and you just alluded to it, our mission is to inspire people to follow Jesus. And we flat out can't do that uh, unless we care more about other people than we do about ourselves. We have to be selfless. And uh, as we've already talked about. I mean, selfishness uh, is, is a problem, just like uh, being isolated is a big problem. When we were first talking about uh, doing this, one of the first things that popped in my mind was uh, what the Apostle Paul said uh, to the church in Philippi, in Philippians 2. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, uh, rather in humility Value others above yourselves, 
not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of each other's. Um, to me, that's huge, and that sets the groundwork uh, for why this is important. Yep, absolutely. Romans 12 has a similar connection. It, it helps remind us of the, the importance of the fact that we're not alone, but at the same time, there's a humility in response to doing something. You are a part of something bigger, greater than yourself. I mean, again, there's a, there's a natural foundation that God has laid before us. Um, so, so in, in trying to push back and, 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 um, grow in a better understanding of how to be selfless. It, it is a hard thing, Galen, but how do we go about doing that? How do we go about, as you alluded to a second ago, the idea of training, um, as the idea of trying to, to, um, to grow the ability to be better? Uh, how, do we, how do we grow in our understanding of... Yeah, I, I think that one of the best ways is to first, we, if, if we understand the, uh, the purpose of relationships, because these two are so tied together, um, which I, I, I really appreciate. Um, but relationships are hard. Um, we find it, I, I think, at least in conversations that I've had, very difficult um, to practice uh, how to resolve conflict, as you know, Jesus points out. Uh, you know, go talk to your brother. We, we, we struggle with being able to do that. Um, and in practicing that and creating spiritual habits, because as, as you said, Rex, we don't have to practice or train ourselves to be selfish. It, it just, it just mm-hmm. comes naturally. Mm-hmm. So we do have to have and create some spiritual habits. Mm-hmm. And anytime that we change habits, there's anxiety. There's discomfort uh, because we're in the we're in our zone. Uh, but practicing selflessness is whatever it is for you that you find where to even think about it. You get a little anxious. Lean into it. I I I, I coach three steps. You lean into it when you feel the anxiety. When you you're maybe you don't want to go to the group or you don't want to you don't want um, uh, even to come to church. But you do it. You lean into it. And then if it's not too much for you, because it may be, you may need to back off, but then you follow through. Mm-hmm. And you follow through long enough to create and to train yourself a new habit, a spiritually forming habit that helps you with being selfless yeah. rather than selfish. Yeah. Because we're going to do that naturally. right. right. I love the idea of it being like a like a muscle that you've got to work, yeah, that you've yeah. got to grow and strengthen, and repetition is the greatest way to do that. And again, we can do hard things. It's not we're not saying this is easy. Nothing is easy about this. Um, James, you have something you want to share as we get ready to wrap up? I believe every single human being on the face of the earth is a selfish creature. And I don't believe that some of us believe that we are. I think some of us believe that we are awesome, great. God loves me because of how great I am. But we're actually very selfish. And because we know that we're very selfish, i.e. we are very sinful by nature, we got to combat that. We've got to find a way to move away from what is the norm, what is the comfort zone, what is... What I do, like waking up in the morning, 
I'm not an early riser. Some of you are. But if you want to become an early riser, you can't keep working up at 10 o'clock. You got to get up a little bit earlier, maybe 9, maybe 8, maybe 7. And then before you know it, you're just like most old people. You're getting up at 4 (laughs) o'clock. But that's a habit you create. You're combating what is your norm. We we love to hold stuff to ourselves. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. But my open up that hand and giving it away. Isn't that what Jesus asked that rich young ruler? Just give it away. Give it or sell it and give it away. And guess what will happen? We all know what will happen. We just don't trust what will happen. We know that we're going to get more, pressed down, shaken together. We know this. But we're afraid to lose what we already have. What they say, a bird in the hand is what? Yeah, that's not really true. Sometimes you get rid of that bird, you might find a whole lot more (laughs) to come. So be a blessing to somebody. Selflessness. All right, quickly. Anyway, um, I, I just love the passage, and I think if we, under, if we understand the concept, what Jesus tells his disciples when he sends them out on their mission, because they're, they're going to have to be selfless. And he says, as you go out, remember, freely you have received, so freely give. Yeah, that's right. That's yes. right. Uh, we've got to create opportunities here within our own church to do this. We've there are countless ways within our church with ministries you can be involved in externally. We are continuing to grow and we're going to, you're going to be hearing more about that in the coming months about initiatives that we're going to be starting to re-engage the serving of our community because that's a huge responsibility. There's lots of ways to serve one another here in this place, but God is calling us to serve our community, Collin County. Rex, you have some thoughts on that? Absolutely. Uh, I think we have a built-in instinct from God uh, to want to serve and help people, uh, but we have to act on it. Yeah. And uh, just this last Thursday, I got an email from one of our members, uh, Alma Souther, and she was so uh, concerned about the situation in Afghanistan that she was really moved to try to uh, create some opportunity to propose something that we as a church could do uh, to serve people. Uh, people in our community who are from Afghanistan, and to just serve the people in Afghanistan, whether they're Afghans or U.S. citizens, it doesn't matter. So she proposed uh, an idea that we all come together uh, one evening this week uh, just simply to pray about the situation. We're going to do that uh, because of her initiative, because she took a step to get outside of herself. Uh, mark your calendars. Um, Tomorrow there'll be an email that comes out with more detail. But mark your calendar for this Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. Come up here. Let's spend some time in prayer uh, for the situation in Afghanistan. Yeah, whether it's whether it's coming together and praying, whether it's finding ways to serve a family in need, whether it's being a part of our welcome ministry, whether it's being a part of a Change the World, which is a serving organization within Collin County, uh, whether it's serving in our student ministry or children's ministry or leading a groups, or there's there's so many ways that we can be involved. There's so many ways that we can give to others above ourselves. There's so many ways that we can exemplify and demonstrate what it means to be selfless. And church, that's our calling. That is one of the five important values that we believe God has called this church to do. And if we're going to truly be this church, we've got to be willing to push back against isolation 
Because we can't truly influence people to follow Jesus Christ if we are not willing to go walk over to across the aisle or across the street and invite someone to walk on the journey with us and push back against isolation. And we can't truly influence people, inspire people to follow Jesus if we are not willing to selflessly look beyond our own nose and see somebody in front of us and serve them. Inspiring people to follow Jesus. We've got to be willing to combat isolation, and we've got to be willing to demonstrate selflessness. Stand up for me if you don't mind, and we'll close this morning. I'm grateful for the three of you. Thank you, James and Galen and Rex. Um, Thank you for being a part of today's conversation. A hard conversation, a challenging conversation, but one that's worth the time and the effort. Church, may God give us humility, confidence, willingness, acceptance, and opportunity to stand up and selflessly seize the moment that God places before us to engage in relationships and serve others. And may God pour out his richest blessings upon you today so that you may experience the abundant life found in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Make sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.